0: Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. I want to thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. Today, I want to tackle one of those leadership subjects that is challenging. In fact, it's more difficult than people may think. I want to talk to you about leading volunteers. I'm going to be pretty systematic in this and give you a series of points and reference points. So let me begin with a synopsis. The synopsis is this, volunteer is a secular word which we have adopted to replace a spiritual value. That being said, churches, organizations, they need volunteers. So let's just begin with that thought. I've never walked into a church or an organization that didn't need more volunteers. Everyone tells me what they can do if they had a few more people that would volunteer. But the problem is, is that volunteering is a secular word. It describes a secular disposition. So I think on the very front end, every leader has to understand that our goal is is to let people volunteer, but to take them on a journey of servanthood. See, the word volunteer isn't used in the Bible. The word serving is. The word servant is and the concept of servanthood. Now, I say all this to you uh, for this reason. For some churches, volunteers create a nightmare. I can't tell you how many times I get a call from somebody and the call goes something like this. You know what, pastor? I'm having a struggle right now. Somehow, my volunteers are getting out of hand. Now, just think of that. The very thing that most of us want, volunteers, becomes a problem. How is it that a volunteer, what we all long for, what we all pray for, can be the basis of a problem within a church or an organization? How is it that they so often become disgruntled with us and at times can become divisive and even negative? How often do we hear a pastor? or a leader make this statement, you know what? My volunteers have become so negative. Why is that? Why is it that a person who's supposed to be your biggest help can become your biggest problem? Now, that's why in every leadership meeting I ever have, I remind the leaders in our organization that when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. Now, that's one of the most powerful thoughts I've ever developed in leadership. When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. Why is that so important? Because there's nothing worse than a leader who has a personal agenda. A leader who isn't leading for the good of others, a leader who isn't leading for the good of the organization, but someone who has leadership skills and leadership capacity. But in their leadership skills and their leadership capacity, what they're doing is is that they are leading uh, for a self-fulfilled agenda, something they're wanting to accomplish for them, not for the good of others. So when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. As I like to put it, when you walk into church, It's no longer, is it too loud, is it too soft, is it too hot, is it too cold, is the music too traditional, is it too contemporary? When you become a leader, when you walk into a facility, you're asking one question. What can I do with my presence and with my influence, with my words, with my contact, that will help someone else to receive so that they can advance the purpose and the destiny that God has for them? But the problem is, volunteers at times begin to think that they are entitled. They begin to think that they have a right that begins to become a negative. Why? Because if they're not trained to understand that when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself, things can become detrimental. Again, our goal as leaders, volunteering is the starting line it is not the finish line. Volunteering is where most people come to us. It is not where they need to end up with us. See, our job as leaders is to take a volunteer, and what we're to do is we're to help them to learn a heart of servanthood. And if we do that, we will create the most dynamic uh, energy within the context of people beginning to help other people. So how is it? Let me just start with a couple of contrasts. What I want to give you is seven thoughts, seven distinctions between someone who volunteers and someone who leads. Number one, volunteering is an action. Serving is an attitude. See, that hits to the heart of why volunteers can become a problem because when you talk to a volunteer, they're always talking about their actions. This is what I did. This is how I did it. But see, God hasn't asked us just to be volunteers that we have actions. He's asked us to be servants so that we have the right attitude. So when a volunteer comes to us, we know they're willing to do something. The question is, are they willing to become something? Because it's what they become that's going to be the lasting value to you as a leader and to your organization. So the first comparison, volunteering is an action, serving is an attitude. They're different. One is outside, the other is inside. Second thought, volunteers focus on what they give. Servants focus on what he Jesus gave. See, one of the ways that volunteers become decisive is that they start telling you everything that they've given. Well, I've given hours. I've given so much time. I've given so much energy. And as they begin to talk about how they've given so much, they forget that the reason we serve is because of what he gave and when we keep our focus on what he gave rather than what we give we become servants why because what we immediately know is we are never going to give anything that is going to be anyway proportional to what he gave we know he gave everything for us and we know that many times we lose sight of that so one of the strategic difference between a volunteer is that they tend to focus on what they give. But servants always serve in light of what he gave. So as we begin this comparison, just a couple of thoughts. Volunteering is an action, but serving is an attitude. Volunteers focus on what they give. Servants focus on what he gave. Number three, volunteers often keep score. But on the contrast, servants make sacrifices. So let me say it again. Volunteers often keep score, but servants make sacrifices. Why is that important? Because whenever you keep score, you lose. And when people who are to be servants start keeping score, it becomes a negative when they can tell you that they have volunteered all these numbers of years, that they have done all these numbers of things, it's at that point that things get messy. Because when you start keeping score, you start getting frustrated. When you start keeping score, you start getting disappointed. When you start keeping score, you start getting discouraged. And so as a volunteer... It's easy to keep score. As a servant, you know that you've been asked to make sacrifices, to do things that are not convenient and to do things that are you may not want to do. That's what serving is. It's doing inconvenient things when at inconvenient times. That's what a sacrifice is. You do something that you don't have to do, but you do it because God's asked you to do it. And so when you're a servant, you're not focused on your sacrifices. You're focused on serving God. And so volunteers, when they fall into the trap of keeping scores, they can become the most disgruntled individuals that you've ever met. They can become uh, self-righteous and justifying because they're sitting there and they're saying, oh my goodness, look at everything That I've done. Next thought Volunteers are time sensitive. Servants are need sensitive. Now, that's a little bit of a subtle comparison, but it is an accurate one because in our society today, what we tend to value most is we value our time. How much time do we have? How little time do we have? How is our time being used? And how do we invest our time? See, volunteers are time sensitive. They'll say things like this. Well, I can be up at the office and I can help you guys for two hours. Now, we understand scheduling and we know that there's nothing wrong with having a schedule. It's just that volunteers, that's what they focus on, is they focus on the time. But see, servants are sensitive to the need. See, a servant knows that sometimes a need is going to come up during an inconvenient time, that it's going to come up when it doesn't fit the schedule. The great example of that in the Bible is the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was not planning on helping anyone. He was not expecting to be able to give up time at that particular moment. But Jesus said, who is really that great neighbor of yours he said it's the person who was there not because the time was right but because the need was there and so as a leader you've got to help people you've got to help them understand that volunteering is an action but serving's an attitude you've got to help them realize that volunteers focus on what they give servants focus on what he gave You've got to help them understand that volunteers often keep score, but that servants make sacrifices. And that volunteers are time-sensitive, but servants are need-sensitive. Volunteering makes us look good. Serving makes God look good. That's the fifth principle. Number five, volunteering makes us look good. Serving makes God look good. See, we now live in a day that's really interesting. If you're a young person and you're trying to get a job, one of the things that they're going to teach you is that you need to have a resume. But on the resume, you not only have to have skills, but you also have to show your heart. So one of the things they're going to say is you need to show where you volunteer and how you volunteer. Now, that being said, what happens is, is that they'll go out and they'll serve in a food bank. And then they'll come back and put that on their resume. They'll help in an orphanage. They'll go put that on their resume. They'll talk about a two-week missions trip that they had, and they'll go put that on their resume. Now, get me, all of those things are fine and wonderful, But there's a whole generation of people that are being taught that the reason you volunteer is so that you look good to others. But serving isn't about looking good to others. Serving helps us to show others that God is good. It makes God good. When you become the hands, when you become the feet, when you become the legs for God, it puts God in places that he needs to be. And it's not so much that you're noticed, but that he's noticed. And so you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking, well, hey, you know, I'm a volunteer. I want to put this. There's no problem with putting it on a resume. We get it. We understand that there are things that we need to do and there are things that we have to do. But the point is, is that the difference between a volunteer and serving and a servant is this. A volunteer, it makes them look good. When we say we volunteered, it makes us look good to people. When we say we volunteered a lot, it makes us look real good to people. But see, serving is about God looking good. So who's the focus going to be on? Is it going to be on you? Is it going to be on him? And see, that has to be a part of the perspective. So what we know is that many times people will come to us and say, I used to serve in a church. I used to volunteer all the time. I used to give up days, weeks, and months, and I was a volunteer. Now, when that gets said, what are they saying? It's sort of a look at me kind of process. But the interesting thing about Jesus was that he was going to serve and he's going to be recognized for his service, but he was not platforming or proclaiming his servant. He gives us a simple principle. The person who serves the most is going to be the person who's going to have the most profound impact. So that struggle, a volunteer, a servant, volunteering, man, that makes us look good. Serving, it makes God look good. Now, number six, volunteering is about convenience. Serving is about commitment. And see, there's a difference. See, it's one thing for me to look at my schedule and say, I'll volunteer. And here's an open spot for me to volunteer. It's another thing to serve and say, God, I'm committed to you. I'm available to you 24-7. If there's something that you need me to do, I'm more than willing to do it at any point. I will adjust my life. I will adjust my schedule to you. Now, someone says, well, does that mean God's going to ask me to do something 24-7? No, but a servant Is available to God 24-7. And it's not about the convenience of when God asks you to do something. It's about your commitment to God to do something. And so volunteering can be just about convenience. Well, this fits my schedule. Well, when my kids get older, I'll volunteer. Well, you know, when we get the business and all that up and running, we'll volunteer well, I'm in the process of getting married, and then I'll volunteer. The simple truth of the matter is, volunteering always has a built-in excuse. Serving and commitment do not. Because at any point, you say those great words that Jeremiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. So, we're looking at this concept, and what I'm trying to show you is that many times we've taken a secular word and we've used that secular word to become a a biblical value. But volunteering is the starting line. It's not the finish line. We don't discourage anyone from volunteering because they need to start there. But it's our job as leaders to help them not stay there. And unless there's an aggressive plan, where you're engaging people to think wider, to think bigger, to live bigger, you'll find that they'll revert back to what they've always seen. And that is people volunteering. If there's a crisis, of course we volunteer if an area has been flooded. But here's the thing. God's asked us to be servants. Number seven, volunteering can make people feel superior. Serving is about humility. What does that mean? When I can talk about my volunteer history, it can make me feel better about myself than the person who's never volunteered. But let's say you have been the individual who's volunteered, and you coached the little league team, and and you were involved in Boy Scouts, and and you were the one that would do meals on wheels. All of those things are fantastic. But what you see about a servant is a servant knows it's about humility. They don't get trophies because they volunteered, but what they do is they get better. They've learned to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt, because any promotion that comes should never come from us. The writer of the psalm says, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. It comes from God. Now, again, I want to walk you through seven comparisons. Let me just give them to you. Volunteering is an action. Serving is an attitude. Volunteers focus on what they give. Servants focus on what he gave. Volunteers often keep score. Servants make sacrifices. Volunteers are time-sensitive. Servants are need-sensitive. Volunteers make us look good. Serving makes God look good. Volunteering is about convenience. Serving's about commitment. And volunteering can make people feel superior. Serving is about humility. I've given you these seven things. Over the last years, I've gone out of my way and I've taught them throughout the country in what are called round tables. The discussion that follows is pretty amazing. Okay, how do you take a volunteer and turn him into a servant? And of course, the starting place is to just know that there's a difference. The starting place is to engage people on a heart level and not just a head level. It's to raise the standard. See, most people want to do the right thing. They just haven't been taught how to do the right thing with the right heart. And that's our job. We've got to engage people. And there needs to be a system in place where you're constantly teaching the value of serving so that you can grow volunteers into servants. Because When they get to heaven, the Bible doesn't say that God's going to say, Well done, my good and faithful volunteer. It says that God's going to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. We want to be that individual. So I put these thoughts out to you, maybe for your organization to start you thinking, start you talking. Uh, There's a lot of things we do to try to enhance this with our organization, but those are specific to our community, our culture, and they don't always translate to someone else's. But I do believe that this gives you a place to start where you can begin to ask some questions and begin to help people who are volunteering become what God's asked them to be, which is servants. So thank you so much for taking a few moments and listening to this. Let me also just tag this in. Um, My latest book, Anchors of Faith, it's probably the best book that I've written. It deals with the subject of faith from a biblical background, but it deals with the subject of faith in a practical everyday fashion. It takes biblical stories and it translates The stories into everyday life. And that seems to be important nowadays because a lot of people have faith, they just don't know how to translate it into meaningful life. And so I want to encourage you that that's available. Also, uh, between now and the end of November, if you sign up for any of my roundtables or the Breaking the 200 Barrier, which is very skill specific, And the breaking the five hundred barrier, which also is skill specific, that uh, there is a discount available, but it's only available till the end of November, and you can contact Mary Fulton at nine eight five, and you can contact her at one 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 two, and you can just ask her and she'll get, or you can go online to my uh, website, Cheryl Brooks Ministries. And if you're not following me on Twitter, I would appreciate if you you'd do that. Uh, I have some quotes I put out. One of my favorite new ones is this, the comfort zone is the silent killer of leaders. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I pray that God's blessing you and enhancing your journey of leadership as you grow in him. Thank you so much.